G'day, and welcome to the AOS Coach sneak peek into the 2022 version of the Fire Slayer Battle Tome. Now, Games Workshop were kind enough to send this to me in advance. However, I'm under no obligation to do this review, nor will they see this content before it goes on YouTube. Now, in this video, I'm going to focus on the Fire Slayer's Allegiance abilities and share some of the initial observations with you around match play. Now, to avoid making this video too long, I have separated the key war scroll changes, the new battle tactics, the grand strategies into another video that we're premiering right after this. Now, this book is chock full of narrative, art, uh, path to glory rules, um, some really cool detailed maps around the great parch of Akshi, as well as you get the unique code for you to unlock these rules in the AOS app. Fire Slayer's armies will gain an expanded set of faction rules, including a new heroic action and a new command ability. While you get to still continue to enjoy your Urgold runes, as well as the sub-allegiances through the lodges, as well as some extra rules through the Grimrath Oaths. You've retained the four sub-factions to help you customize your force, and it will unlock battleline options, although the sub-faction abilities have changed. I'll look at those rules a little later in this video. You've gained a new command ability to be used by your heroes called Fierce Counterattack. You can use this command ability at the start of the enemy combat phase. Now, the unit that receives the command must be an Auric Hearthguard, a Hearthguard Berserker unit, or a Volkite Berserker unit, and it must be uh, within three inches of an enemy unit that made a charge move in the same turn, but also not within three inches of an enemy that had not made a charge move. So if it was already stuck into combat and then another unit charged you, you wouldn't be able to use this command ability. But if your unit of Volkite Berserkers were not in combat and then a unit charged you in that particular turn, you could absolutely use the Fierce Counterattack. Now, should you apply the Fierce Counterattack rules, you would essentially provide a, a first, first strike ability to that unit until the end of the phase. And the one thing that you need to know about with Fierce Counterattack is a particular unit cannot receive this command ability more than once per battle. So should you have multiple units of Hearthguard Berserkers, you'd have to spread it around across the board, but one no particular unit could receive it more than once uh, in the game. Now, this will be an absolutely handy ability to interrupt your opponent's combat sequence, uh, and it'll obviously help you fight first to reduce the amount of incoming damage. Instead of using Heroic Leadership, Willpower, Recovery, or Finest Hour, you will have the access to a new heroic action called the Blaze of Fury. Now, the Blaze of Fury allows you to pick one friendly Fire Slayer's hero, and until the end of the turn, the enhanced effect of the Urgol rune that was activated will be applied to the hero, regardless of the activation roll. So, you can't carry out this act, this heroic action more than once on the same hero. Obviously, you can apply it on multiple heroes, but not one particular hero. So if you were in the heat of the battle, for example, and you really needed that enhanced version of uh, Fiery Determination, or maybe you really needed you know, Awakened Steel, and you didn't roll that six, this is that really handy guarantee for a particular hero. Maybe it's for that Rune Father on Magmadroth, or maybe it's a Grimrath Berserker that really needed Awakened Steel. It obviously wouldn't apply to the whole faction if you didn't roll the uh, enhanced number, but uh, it's still a great guarantee for someone, especially if you're going more combat focused and setting up a, a, a particular battle tactic. 
I am teasing you a little bit because I haven't shown you the Urgold, and I'll get to that right after I get through the Grimrath Oaths. Now, if you haven't seen Broken Realms Bellacore, there was some additional Grimrath Oaths being added for your Grimrath Berserkers. So if you've seen this already, you'll just know that it's moved from this book into your Battle Tome. Uh, and essentially, I don't think any of it's changed, to be brutally honest. So uh, should you have a Grimrath Berserker and Grimrath Berserker only, at the start of the first battle round for each of your Grimrath Berserkers, you get to choose one of six oaths to apply in the game. And that's going to apply for the whole game. So you don't change it every uh, every round like your Urgold. Um, if you have multiple Grimraths, you can't double up on the same oath. So keep that in mind if you have multiple Grimraths. Now, there is a bunch of interesting options depending on how you want to use your Grimmy in battle. You might want to go for an offensive build and you could do some mortal wounds on an unmodified six to hit. You could be going for a plus one to hit and plus one to wound if it's within 12 inches of a friendly allied unit. And I think there's some interesting uh, combinations and some abilities with allied units, specifically those Duarden allies, whether you're going in Caradron Overlords or maybe Cities of Sigma Duarden. If you want to go more of a defensive style of build, then there's some interesting Royal Retinue abilities that can come into play here. But if you want to build a more defensive Grimmy, you could be getting a uh, six up ward or it gets a five up ward, a slight little boost. If it happens to be within three inches of the enemy, which is clearly where you want to be getting your Grimwrath Berserker. You want him in the, in the thick of combat. So boosting it up to a five will be really nice. Or alternatively, it could be a retinue for your rune father or your rune son. And we'll talk a bit more about retinues uh, in the coming parts of the video. If you were looking for more reliable build for your Grimmy, you might want to uh, apply a run and charge ability, as well as it gives you a reroll to the run and the charge roll, which is a wonderful independent unit should you want to be getting more flexibility and more reliability as it's advancing up the table. The good news for you people who are worried about the Urgold Ruins being changed, uh, the good news is, is that there hasn't been a lot of fundamental changes, and more importantly, you still get the enhanced effects if you roll a 6. If you're unfamiliar with the Allegiance ability, at the start of the hero phase, you get to pick one of six Urgold Ruins that you can activate. Now, each of these runes can only be activated once, so you'll need to really think about your sequences and choose wisely. So once you've, once you've picked one, you've picked it. Now, once you've activated that Urgold rune, you roll a dice, uh, just one, one D6, and on a roll of a one to a five, you just get, get to apply the standard effects on your whole army. That's keyworded fire slayers. Now, if you happen to roll a six, what happens is you get to use the enhanced effects as well as the standard effect, so it stacks. Only if you roll that six. You get to choose from the Rune of Fury, which adds plus one to melee hit rolls, and should you roll the enhanced effect, you'd also get plus one to melee weapon attacks for Fire Slayers, which is a pretty nice ability. The Rune of Farsight adds plus one to hit rolls for your Fire Steel throwing axes, and should you roll that enhanced effect, you'll get plus one to your wound rolls for those throwing axes. So a lot more reliability for something that almost all of your uh, models are gonna have. The Rune of Relentless Zeal is gonna add plus two to the movement characteristic. And should you roll an enhanced effect, you would also get plus two to the charge roll. The Rune of Awakened Steel would improve the Ren characteristic of melee weapons by one. 
And should you roll the enhanced effect, it would make a bonus of rend two. So you'd actually get an extra point of rend on top of that. So, you know, really imagine your rune father on magma droth with rend three doing flat three damage through the enhanced rune. So, you know, an additional plus two to rend if you roll the enhanced one is nothing to sneeze at. The rune of searing heat will do mortal wounds in addition to the regular damage for each unmodified six to wound. And the enhanced effect would then trigger mortal wounds on a 2+, plus for units that are within 3 inches when activated. The final one that you can choose from is the Rune of Fiery Determination. That would give all Fire Slayers models a 6-up ward. And should you happen to roll that enhanced effect, it would actually boost it to a 5-up for the heroes. Only the heroes, not your troops. So having that 5-up ward would be you know, sensational, especially if you're going to use your heroic action to get that boost. All these runes have great uh, use in the game depending on the situation, but really the key is going to come down to you, you pulling down the right rune when you need it or getting into the game and getting into the thick of the game and having the right runes available to you when you need them. So uh, good updates, but more importantly, didn't modify anything that I know you were concerned about losing. I previously mentioned that you get to keep all four lodges between the books. So if you are familiar with Vostag and Gravefire and uh, Lofnir and Hemdar, um, you would recognize these names from the previous book. But what you will notice is that the abilities have changed and you are no longer locked into your first artifact or your command trait. If you look at the old book, it would, it would give you a command trait and it would say that your first artifact is X. So the good news is, is that this is all removed. Third edition books no longer have artifacts and command traits locked to a sub-faction. So you're going to have a lot more flexibility when I show you the command uh, traits as well as the artifacts. So the four options available here, one is Vostag. So should you take Vostag, you would get to add one to the wound rolls and one to the hit rolls for attacks made by melee weapons by friendly Vostag Volkite Berserker units that made the charge move in the same turn so very much a boost that is only coming into play if your volkite berserkers one you got to build around volkites but two you're really building around getting the charge so keep that in mind if you're going to go vostag as well as think about those rune tokens and getting those pluses to move and hopefully the pluses to charge Greyfeard is going to add plus one to the wound characteristic of friendly heroes that don't have a mount. So nothing for your magma droths, unfortunately, but all your little foot troop heroes will get plus one wound characteristic will be quite nice. But in addition to all of that, you'll get two extra artifacts to give them. So you won't need to rely on a battalion to get an extra artifact, or at least if you did go warlord battalion, you could choose something completely different, like a prayer or whatever it might be. And you get to give them to two heroes that aren't um, on, on a mount. So really focused around the, the minor support troops or the heroes on foot as opposed to Magma Droth. Lofnir is going to add plus two to the wound characteristic for friendly Lofnir Magma Droth. So really, you know, the, a reverse of what we just spoke about. So this one is very much focusing on Magma Droths. And you'll see when we get to your battle line options Lofnir will double down on those magma drops but hey in addition to all of that you get to pick three Lofnir magma drops units that can be given a different mount trait instead of only one so if you're looking for multiple mount traits you're going to get you're going to get some extras from Lofnir which is pretty nice 
Now with Hemdar, if a friendly Hemdar unit wholly within enemy territory or wholly within 12 inches of an objective, should they fail a Battleshock test, you get to halve the amount of models that flee. Now, when I looked over these, I like three of the four options and probably to no surprise to anybody, Hemdar is probably my least favorite. Now I'd rather not focus my ability on tying up to them, essentially losing models to Battleshock. You know, I'm not planning to have Battleshocks and I'd rather not get a boost or a benefit from Battleshock. I'd rather build around something much more in my control. However, when we get to battle line options, that may change for you. Vostag is a clear winner when you want to build around Volkite Berserkers, especially you might want to double reinforce or at least single reinforce this block of troops. And you're going to bring down your hit and your wound to two up. So you'll be hitting on twos, wounding on twos if you charge. You'll also gain a third attack per model using the Whirlwind of Destruction ability that's on their War Scroll. Now, Greyfeard um, works nicely if you're leaning towards your, your other troop options. You want to have a bit more of a mixed force between various troops and you want to have a few extra foot troops to support them, like little minor heroes to support them. Uh, that could be a nice little mixed arms force. And if you're someone like me who loves their monsters, you've probably been waiting a long time to run around with, you know, lots of Magma Dross. You've been seeing Seraphon with Thunder Lizard saying, where's my turn? Well, Lofnir is especially going to help you because it unlocks your battle line option with Magma Dross, as well as gives you some extra boost, like plus two to the wound characteristic and some additional mount traits. Speaking of which, there are two standard battle line options across the entire faction, and that is Volkite Berserkers and Volkite Berserkers. That's not a joke. There is Volkite Berserkers with hand axes, and there is Volkite Berserkers with sling shields. If you have not seen Fury of the Deep and you didn't watch my Fury of the Deep preview, you may not know that this unit was split into two, and there are two different war scrolls for your Volkite Berserkers, and there are different points for them. So the Sling Shields and the Fire Steel Hand Axes do have a different points value. In addition to your Volkite Berserkers, there are three extra Battleline options to choose from. If you take the Lofnir sub-faction, it's going to unlock the Auric Rune Sun on Magmadroth as your battle line. Now, you can't reinforce them, and it is only for the Rune Sun variety uh, as a battle line. You obviously can still take your Rune Smiter and your uh, Rune Father on Magmadroth, but it's only the Rune Sun on Magmadroth that becomes battle line. So, uh, you know, you can take one or two of those other ones to be your, you know, your, your primary heroes, your primary supports and have a couple of Magma Droths uh, with the Rune Sun on top to be your battle line. Happy days, you're at 2k, uh, run around and burninate with all your lava. Your Auric Hearthguard become battle line in Humdar, or if your general is a Fire Slayer Priest. So if you want to build around the Auric Hearthguard, probably I would rather build around like a Rune Smiter or a uh, Rune Master to be the general instead if I wanted to unlock Hearthguard. But maybe there's something in Hamdar that I'm not seeing, but maybe they will kind of work nicely with the Flame Keeper, for example, the new Fury of the Deep Hero. What likely will be the most common battle line options in Fire Slayers will be those Hearthguard Berserkers, because there's a good chance that your general will be a Rune Father. Now, these are all good options depending on what your style might be. I personally hope that I'll see lots of Rune Sun Magma Droths running around, taking advantage of the monster bonuses while we're in the, the Gurish Heartlands. 
So now that your command traits aren't locked to your lodges like they were in the past, we can explore some more of these and there are seven new command traits for your general and four of them are going to be for your auric rune father or your rune son and then another three will be for anyone who's a priest. Now, there are, uh, this is not story time with the coach, so I'm not going to go through every little piece here. You can read it on the screen. I'll call out some of my favorites. Certainly, like, I love the idea of bringing in Caradron Overlords or Cities of Sigma, specifically the Dewadan troops. And that will give me access to using my Urgold, using the leader of the Dewadzan Hall. I think it's, it is. Jeez. Lucky I'm not a Dwarden player because I would butcher all of the names. The Spirit of Grimnir is probably my favorite um, of the command traits because it allows me to increase the chances of getting Urgold, uh, specifically the Enhanced Urgold, by going to a 5 instead of a 6. So it really becomes 1 in 3 as opposed to 1 in 6, or was it 16% or whatever it might be. Fury of the Fire Slayer is going to give you plus 1 to charge as a bubble within 18 inches of the general. That you can obviously combine with the plus two to the move from the rune, as well as, you know, getting some real good speed to the army that you're sorely lacking, especially if you happen to roll um, the, the enhanced effect and you, you happen to get plus two to the charge, plus one from this. Yeah, you got some speedy Dwarden coming, coming at you. You've got your Ash Beard that's going to give an extra prayer to choose from, which isn't too bad. Um, and the Master Priest will allow you to reactivate one of the Urgolds that you've already used. That's probably my favorite. So if you've spent one of the Urgolds and you'd love to, to use the same ability more than once, Master Priest is going to be the one for you. But it would mean a Priest would have to be your General, which would obviously change with your um, what, what your battle line options could be. So you know, some, some pros and cons on either side. When it comes to your artifacts, there are 10 artifacts of power split between four for the Rune Father and the Rune Son, three for the Priests, and then three for just any Fire Slayers hero, not specific to a keyword other than obviously Fire Slayers. The Axe of Grimnir for your Rune Father or Rune Son would improve the rend by one, as well as give you an extra point of damage for one of the melee weapons. Very nice when you consider the Urgold as well, that would you know improve the rend characteristic even further if you pull that one particular Urgold um, rune down. Alternatively, for your Rune Father or Rune Son, there is the Master Rune of Unbreakable Resolve that's going to give you a once per battle three up ward save very tasty especially if you think about the shooting meta and the mortal wounds being thrown around having that you know long strikes looking at you in turn one wanting to do a hero phase shot you can pull out that three up ward you know and probably delay or at least save your hero a little longer the Droth Helm on a Rune Smiter on Magma Droth would be a great support piece for those Magma Droth focused fourths because it's going to give you plus one to wound on the claw and horn attack so that would give you six attacks um, if, if obviously it's unwounded, but it, you'd be hitting on threes, wounding on twos, rend one for two damage. And this is before, again, you apply your Urgold rune or you start looking at things like all that attack. You know, you can bring that down easily to two and two, but um, I really like that one. You've got the Nelsinian icon, which is for battlesmiths only. And that will give you a 12-inch bubble to ignore spells and endless spells on a 4-up. Not too bad. And then finally, there is the Demon Slayer, which is going to deny your opponent a ward save, which 
would be an awesome artifact to put on that Grimwrath Berserker, run it up the board, find that tank hero that has a very good armor save and a really good ward save and just cut through it like sliced butter. Absolutely love that when you stack the rend as well. There are three mount traits for your magma droths. You could either do three additional mortal wounds if you do a monstrous rampage stomp. You could do five guaranteed attacks from the roaring firestorm shooting attack. Or you could reduce the amount of damage incoming to you by one. So that's to a minimum of one. Now, I personally love the flame scale Youngblood in a world where there is no Hunters of the Heartland. Unfortunately, that world currently exists where, you know, I'd love to do a stomp and do up to six mortal wounds with a stomp. However, right now, I'd probably say reducing the damage by one would be my favorite mount trait. You've got access to four solid prayers. Prayer of Ash is a nice little debuff that will apply a minus one to wound penalty to attacks being made to one of the Fire Slayers units within 18 inches. So find that unit, apply the prayer down, the Prayer of Ash, and then any incoming attacks that go into that particular unit will be minus one to wound. Ember Storm is probably my favorite due to the versatility because you get to apply it on either Hearthguard Berserkers or Volkite Berserkers. And what happens is you get to pick one within 18 inches and it will allow that unit to run and charge. And think about some of the charge boosts that we've already talked about in this video. You're starting to see a trend emerging and seeing where you might want to focus one of your builds on. Prayer of Grimnir is going to tool up one of your heroes without a mount. And it's going to allow them to fight in the hero phase so long as they're within three inches of an enemy. Fighting in the hero phase is always a good ability, especially because they can't put up all that defense because it's only applicable in the combat or in the shooting phase. So nice little way to get around some of those boosts. And finally, you've got the Wrath of Voltrix, which focuses on the buffs on a Magma Droth. So... It's going to essentially let you fight at the top of the damage profile. So should your Magma drop be wounded, you might want to throw this prayer down. And it, where the differences really lie comes down to the amount of attacks it makes with its claws and horns. And as well as the dice roll when you are trying to do damage with that Roaring Firestorm. There are some also minor differences with movement, but I guess in the thick of the battle when you need it, probably it's going to be the, the, the claws and horns and the uh, roaring firestorm that you really want to get down to the best possible to, you know, I guess, do the most damage. And finally, you've got the Magmic Battle Forge, which is the terrain feature that if you've been playing 3rd edition Fire Slayers already, you will literally find no, no change at all. I could not find a single change through the war scroll that was posted on warhammer community if you are new to fire slayers or if you are picking them back up for the first time in third edition i'll leave them here on screen but you can find it on warhammer community in the faqs it literally hasn't changed it is what it is so at an allegiance level there is some really interesting options presented in the battle tome however I know anyone who's watched the Fury of the Deep preview, I know you were disappointed with some of the bodyguard wards, you know, that you previously enjoyed, you know, there was all, Fire Slayers were all about durability. Back in the day, it was always really tough to pull down a Fire Slayers army. And I think generally you probably found that you have dropped that a little bit. And to be honest with you, I actually don't mind that because much like the redesign of Nurgle, I didn't. Ne I never liked fast Nurgle because it felt weird to me. And 
I know this is a different faction, but when I look at Fire Slayers, I think of the Slayer. I don't think of a durable hero. I think about a killy hero and killy troops. And I hope when we look at the Allegiance abilities and we get to the next video, which is all about the War Scroll changes, the focus really is more on the killy side, not the durability side, which always felt, again, felt really weird to me for Fire Slayers. But hey, look, look there's plenty of people who probably will look at this and be really excited and, and happy that the Urgold mechanics didn't really change too much. I know there were plenty of people who were worried that this would be a change, especially around the enhanced effects. I really like the Fire Slayer's customized um, heroic action. I also like the command ability as well. I think you'll find uses for them during your game and it'll be, you'll, you'll be happy that you got them. Now, while you've always had the ability to make Auric Hearthguard and Hearthguard Berserkers battle line through a condition, it's it's nice to see there are other options opening up like Magma Droths. You know, it's been a long time since I saw more than one Magma Droth on the table. It was always about the race on bodies. And one of the things that has hurt Fire Slayers through third edition is that you're on big bases. You traditionally have short ranges on your weapons. It's hard to get the most out of your troops because of coherency. I think having Magma Droths and having more more killy, durable Magma Droths, because they they wouldn't they weren't really a big threat back in the day. I think you'll find that the War Scroll updates to come will put your Magma Droths in a much better position and you'll feel more confident to put them on the table. Personally, I would have loved to have seen a non-hero version of a Magma Droth, like some wild Magma Droth without a rider, but hey, Maybe it's in a white dwarf, or maybe it's in the next tome. You know, that give it to me, G Dubs. I would love a wild magma droth. I think the enhancements are rich. You've got plenty of cool command traits, artifacts, mount traits, prayers. Um, I think you'll find something easy that will suit your your style. And depending on again what you want to build around, it's hard to call out what is great, what's not great. It's all going to be sub-faction and build faction dependent. And as I previously mentioned, there will be an extra video that will follow this up immediately um, if you're watching this kind of on its premiere that will talk through the War Scroll changes that's happened in Fire Slayers as well as the new match play rules like Grand Strategy and Battle Tactics. Once this book receives its FAQ, which is usually around the four to five week mark, I will organize some discussions with some master Fire Slayers players so we can look at the new rules and look at the way that they're thinking about their lists and kind of making the most of the new rules. But in the meantime, I would love to hear from you in the comment section on what you think about the Fire Slayers Allegiance abilities. Was there any enhancements that really stood out for you? Is there any of the sub-factions or even anything that's come up from this video that you really like or some things that maybe you had in the old book that you're disappointed to lose? Either way, leave it in the comments. I'd be curious to hear from you. I'm not a personally a Fire Slayers player, so I would always love to hear your insights um, on the faction. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. 
The conversation will continue over on Discord. So link is down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes. <laughs>